Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Rhonda Handsome's a great stand-up. She's open for Anita Baker and Diana Ross and Aretha Franklin. She does great solo shows. You can catch her on Politipod, available on SoundCloud. It is Tall, Dark, and Handsome Monday. All hail the queen, Ms. Handsome. Welcome back. I'm black, y'all. Thank God. Thank God for that. <laughs> it's good to see you. Happy post-Easter. How was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was incredible, John. Um, I had uh, two nights of satyrs, and it was very interesting. It, it was in two different locations, two different hosts, and they both had uh, the same new Haggadah, which included the gospel, go down Moses, way down in Egypt land, let my people go. But Neither one of our hosts wanted to sing the gospel. <laughs> I thought finally, after 40 years of die, I ain't a, die, I ain't a, I get some soul in a Passover. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it was great. And then I, I, um, I would go to a gospel seder anytime. I'm always I, like, really? I, 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 well, I mean, look at all the cultural overlap between between black folks and Jewish people, I mean, historically and culturally. And I mean, it's just all about like overcoming obstacles with great humor and great music. It's why all the great comics and all the great musicians are black and Jewish. I mean, seriously. It's Absolutely. Just, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and and also very interesting that this has been like a triple threat holiday weekend uh, with uh, Easter and Ramadan. I saw I, I saw where some parents actually dressed up as bunny rabbits to pick up their children. Okay, I, I listen, I, I got to ask you about this because this is in Austin, Texas, and I know Austin's supposed to be weird, but like what, what exactly happened? The parents, they showed up at the school in bunny costumes, right? That's the first yes, sign, something's yes, askew. Yes, to, okay. to hand out Easter candy. You know, okay. I'm just 
I'm trying to be happy just that they didn't show up, you know, handing out firearms to all the children. I mean, Texas, you never know. I mean, other, yeah, maybe in other parts of the state that could happen. Now, they had like what? The little the little plastic eggs, little, right? That you put yes. candy in, which we little did. Little plastic yeah. Easter eggs that uh, are usually and most of them were filled with candy, but a select number of them were filled with condoms, John. <sighs> And and not the edible kind. I wanted to, because <laughs> <laughs> that may have been okay. You know, you could, yeah. Um, I, what wow. were they thinking? I mean, what's wrong with peeps? I mean, peeps are notoriously known as as holiday candy. I, I thought peeps work as birth control as well, too. If you ask me, so it works all around. My understanding from what I heard is that the, the mom works as a pharmacist. And 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 that she was dressed up as a bunny while doing a safe sex presentation at a clinic, and then and then she just uh, she just called her husband for help, and he he gra- her husband grabbed the wrong eggs, more or less. <laughs> Grab any basket that's handy. The old oh switcheroo. It's worthy of Shakespeare, John. It's worthy oh, of Shakespeare. <laughs> so funny because I saw the tweet from one of the parents. He wrote, a, a parent showed up at my kid's elementary school dressed as an Easter bunny during pickup. He handed out eggs, mostly filled with candy, some with unopened condoms. Not sure this is the Austin weird I signed up for. <laughs> the school district had to write to all the parents and explain what happened. It's so funny. I'm sorry. It's so funny. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> I think I'd rather that than having to uh, explain to the parents why we're actually teaching American history in elementary school, uh, which is being accused of, of being disguised as CRT. I think, I think it's better to have to uh, explain that condom Easter candy mix-up. Well, the worst part, all of it is it, it made all of the revolting uh, right-wing fascists really happy. Uh, George P. Bush... Uh, who's been revolting for many years. Uh, He's running for attorney general, and he said, radicalized leftist parents and school administrators are out of control, attempting to exploit our children while in school. As AG, I'll hold school districts accountable for their failures to protect our kids. It's good to know that there's a Bush out there who's exploiting this for his own crass political gain. Uh, they but and they do it so well. They do it so well. If only Jeb Jeb had a condom at the right time, this wouldn't be happening. (laughs) How how are we going to be able to protect our elementary school children, John, without without giving them guns? And, you know, how are we going to elect Republicans if we can't scare parents, Rhonda? This is true. (laughs) Well, happy Easter. It's so good to see you. Oh, I love it. I love it. This is uh, this is a uh, a critical, critical time for me, you know, um, one, I am going back into uh, live performing with Groovin on a Sunday, uh, this coming Sunday uh, nice. at 53 above Broadway, which is nice. um, right above the uh, Broadway Comedy Club. And then I want I want to visit relatives. <laughs> I want to visit relatives at the end of the month. But uh, I feel like I'm in a race to see if I can get down there and back before the surge hits, John. I know, I know. Well, the surge has already hit my house. I got to go down to Virginia and see some family, and I'm just waiting for a weekend when I feel safe to do it. You know, I, yeah. it's, it's crazy. I'm still, and we're still getting over it. Like, I've, my negative test was almost a week ago, and I'm still still kicking it. So I hear yeah. you. Rhonda, we and have a lot of callers. and, and a lot I of want your callers. I love your callers. Let's and, go to them. Uh, 
I'm going to ask I'm everybody trying to be as positive as possible. Oh, I, you know what? I would love that. If you would do that, that would make me that would just uh, balance out all the darkness in my heart. Um, everyone, there's a lot of calls. so We're going to try to get to everyone. Please make your questions or your jokes or your threats as tight as possible. Beginning with the fabulous Sila in Texas. Hi, Sila. You're on with Rhonda. Hi, John. Good evening. Um, calling from the land of the fruit Nazi because mm-hmm. <laughs> of his behavior. Governor um, Abbott is the fruit Nazi. I like it. He's a fruit Nazi. He really is. Okay. Um, anyway, um, I'm sure he pissed off a lot of truck drivers because mm. I'm married to one. <laughs> uh-huh. And I would know these things. But um, first, I want to tell you, you've been mentioning George, George Carlin a lot, and you mentioned uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, mm-hmm. uh, home of the Louisiana Hayride. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I want to say the last show I ever saw at the Municipal Auditorium over there in Shreveport, Louisiana, was George Carlin. Oh. And, oh, my God, it was the best date ever. It yeah. involved a joint a key bump, and a lewd. Oh, my God. And it was great. And my ribs hurt for a week. And wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sure George great. would have approved. I'm sure he would have. I'm he sure George. totally would have. <laughs> Absolutely. It was great. Wow. It was It was a really, seriously, the best date ever. I feel well, like such an Amish, brother... Rhonda, because I, I don't need any drugs to enjoy George Carlin, but it sounds like Seal had a better time than I ever did. Yeah, I'm oh. just wondering about those sore ribs. You know, was which one of those drugs? It was the laughing, but I'm telling oh, you, I, oh, I, I <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't. One of the things in life I miss the most are quaaludes. Those were the best <laughs> ever. Yeah, I love them. I, yeah. you know, I didn't need any alcohol, anything ever, ever, ever. If I, I just had never a lewd, had the I was. Was, Never at oh, a little before oh, my time, but it, the very fact that our government can, got rid of quaaludes shows they can get rid of a drug when they want to. The government can Isn't do it. Ser- yes, yeah. they can. And they I, sure can. Yeah, if they want to do anything, yeah, they totally, you can't find a lewd in this land. That's the whole thing but about Bill fentanyl, Cosby. Fentanyl, you can find you know, everywhere. Fentanyl, yeah, yeah that's, that's easy. I mean, there's no Quaalude cartels. I don't understand it. I never had the pleasure. I don't either, and yeah. I'm super bummed about it. But too. that's the thing: when Bill Cosby admitted in court that he was, you know, using Quaaludes on women for sex, all of us for just a second were like, "Wait a minute, Cosby can still get Quaaludes?" I, I, I've only yeah. seen, <laughs> I've only seen Wolf of Wall Street. That's the closest I ever came. So, <laughs> thank you, Sheila, yeah, so much. They were much. great. They were totally well, great, and, and I feel for anybody who didn't, who never experienced one. But my, my thing tonight, my bugaboo, is okay. when, I mean, we've been talking, I mean, first of all, um, everything the Ruthuglicans do, they do on purpose, and everybody should understand that. There is nothing is an accident. But um, when people get on, t- uh, when they, you have the privilege to get on MSNBC and talk about, uh, you know, women's bodies and their rights to have an abortion, if you don't mention how a man makes a baby, then I don't even know why you're on there. I'm yeah. so sick of it. Um, Thank you. Yep. You know, um, it, it, I agree. It's, it's so disingenuous. And if I had the platform that a lot of people have, you have to remind people. That, and right. also, my my if I were queen of the world, 
um, you got somebody pregnant and under the Texas law, because I do come from the land of the fruit Nazi, um, that uh, DNA, if you get a DNA on that child and you have to pay part of the $10,000 um, bounty. bounty. Uh, yeah. I, you know yeah. what? I'd love it. I think men can, can have a say with women's uteruses when they stop trying to get up in there. And even then they can't. Right. I completely agree. Right. See, like, I got to run. There's 4,000 people on hold. punish reckless impregnators. Right. <laughs> Thank you. A woman Bye, can only get pregnant. Woman can only get pregnant a couple days a month. Men, every day of the month can impregnate. Let's get some justice up in here. Oh, silly. Uh, Just say no to drugs. <laughs> Let me go, if I may, uh, really quick to Richard in Houston. Richard, I heard it was your birthday. I heard it was your birthday. Oh, John, thank you for the happy birthday wishes. Happy birthday. Now now also having the lovely Rhonda. Oh, my gosh. Literally handsome is the perfect word because she is one handsome woman. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll agree. (laughs) I'll agree. I'll agree. I'm telling you, I've I've seen her perform since I've watched the videos. Woo wee! It's a little bit warm down here in Texas, if you know what so I'm saying. Funny. <laughs> so it. funny, so the, funny. Rhonda, you have a power over these men. I got a story to tell you about a man you have power over before we're done. What's on your mind, Richard? What's on your mind, Richard? Oh, I was wanting to talk about how I live in the land of. I went from Florida, the land of crazy, to the land of crazy here in Texas. And I wanted to talk about CRT. I'm actually studying for a master's degree in U.S. history. We've talked about history. We've talked about how um, race and history uh, in the past. My problem is I'm going to be a Civil War scholar, and I cannot teach properly without teaching about slavery. How long until these people saying, oh, we have to ban this book in CRT here in in high schools and in elementary schools, how long until a state institution comes to me and says, you can't talk about that. Yeah, because it might make some kids' parents feel bad. It actually and, will. And yet, what will probably happen is they'll just start saying that it didn't really exist. That um, that slaves were were tourists who got you know misdirected and uh, and, and they that never they even were, thanked white people for the free boat ride. Never thanked yes, white people for the yes. boat ride. And that they were uh, they were servants, and that they you know were free agents. That's that's. I think it's just going to slowly evolve into that kind of uh, lie. Yeah, we began the show tonight with a discussion about how they're trying to whitewash the Three Fifths Compromise. Today's the anniversary of it, and just this weekend on the Daily Wire, uh, you know Ben Shapiro and his team of uh, mediocre, doughy white supremacists were all talking about how the Three Fifths Compromise was designed to end slavery. I mean, like this is literally how they're trying to whitewash the history of owning people in this country, and it goes on every day between whitewashing the history or banning the teaching of the history. These are scary times for people with empathy and brains. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. It's not that often we get Keith Price on our show. And it's really not that often we get Keith Price to join our show on his actual birthday. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> for the uninitiated, for the great unwashed, let me tell you something. Keith, he is a multi-hyphenate. He is a comedian, an actor, a writer, a podcaster, a broadcaster extraordinaire. He was the first openly gay black host here at SiriusXM, co-anchoring the morning show on the late lamented breakthrough channel OutQ. Be sure to treat your brain to his wonderful Broadway podcast, Keith Price's Curtain Call. He is our comedy daddy. Happy birthday, Keith. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. It's, thank you. It's so exciting to just be 30 again. I know. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, God, 29. You look great. I'll tell you. For 30, <laughs> you know, you make, I've been you make working me look really forward to hard. <laughs> so how was oh, the birthday? How, how are you doing? I am really, really well. I It's been kind of a week of theater for me. So I've been having a really great time leading up to tonight. And yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Uh, you know, life has handed me some very interesting choices of things to do, like things that you and I have to talk about off air first before I feel like we could share on air. But let me tell you, man, <laughs> the universe is really vast when she's ready to to do things for you. She can help you in one spot and then kick you right in the throat in the next one. And you're just kind of like, wow, yeah. I'm alive. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's scary. I mean, change, you know, change is the one constant in life. But I'll tell you, I mean, fate just intervenes. And some of us spend years praying that something changes in our life. Some of us spend years dreading change in our life. Some of us exactly. want change while also dreading it at the same time. I mean, you you went through <laughs> a big breakup this year. This was a, you, you had yeah, a pretty dramatic. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. Like, you know, breakup, you know, job hunting, still trying to get, you know, spots and do comedy, but then at the same time, keeping my theater love together, you know, trying to do interviews. It's like, it's just, it's interesting how everything is happening all at once. And now I have to start like, you know, grabbing at everything, every opportunity that I get. So yes. yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's, it's I been will quite say, a challenge. You are, you are I'm my here. one, you're my one contact, uh, my one, you know, like, like a, a tie to Broadway because you are, you are still, I've only seen one show since the pandemic has, has sort of begun to end. It's not, it hasn't, wow. ended. it's, it's not over, but yeah, no, it's not over, I, it's but you're, been, you're going to see shows. I've seen I've one seen off Broadway, all seen the one off Broadway, one Broadway show, but what, what, what have you seen this week, Keith? Cause what, what, well, what should the tourists come to New York to catch? The, well, the tourists, I don't know if they're going to be hot particularly about these these two Broadway shows, only because either the subject matter is going to be kind of strange for them or it's, you know, it's just too, it's too real, as the kids would say. You um, got dramas this week. You're not, you, you didn't go to see freaking Aladdin this week. You went to see some real serious dramas. I saw some, some serious stuff. So I saw Sunday, I just saw the show open tonight, actually, uh, for colored girls who've considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. The Intazaki Shanghai play. Yes, it's which like, came out in the 1970s, right? The original From the production. 70s, yeah. And then they did a revival, I think, like in the 90s. And then, uh, of course, Tyler, Tyler Perry, Perry did, a did a movie version of it, which, I, you know. Yeah. You no one did. knows about that. No one knows no one about knows. it. 
They don't even talk about it anymore. But baby, let Tyler me tell Perry's you. Tyler Perry's version was just called Four Color Girls, right? He didn't use the whole title. Of the play. I don't think he used the whole title. Yeah, he just and he did some stuff. To, anyway, Intazaki got a check, up, I'm yes. sure for it. <laughs> but this thing, this thing that's happening now at um at the Booth Theater, John, let me tell you something. I have never. It's like you know, slam poetry and all that other stuff is something that I never really found myself doing. But there are some moments in this piece that are like slam poetry, but they are just so right on. Like, it's just like, it's it's these these women, I'm telling you, it's the cast of women that are leading this this charge. One of my favorites in the show is a Drama Desk nominated woman. Her name is Kenita Miller. And she is pregnant right now. Oh. And she's on stage creating art at the same time while she's simultaneously creating life at the same time. And it's like, if that is not more black woman energy than you can ever handle on stage, I think she's having a girl too. So it's just like, she's got all of this black woman energy that's happening. And it's like, I don't think that there's been anything this fierce on Broadway in a long time. And right now, wow. you know, there's a whole lot of, of black themed shows, black yeah. energy things, but this is one of the few that has all women. There's even a woman who's, who's deaf and signs. Oh, wow some of this as well and it's all spearheaded by this fabulous woman her name is camille a brown please remember her name she is the director and the choreographer and she i met her when she uh, was nominated for a tony for choreographing once on this island and it turns out that she's like this particular year she is the first black woman to not only direct but to also choreograph a show on broadway she's mm -hmm. also the first black woman to direct a show <laughs> at the met <laughs> Because they did a Porgy and Best, this huge opera style thing of Porgy and Best that she choreographed, which is something that you don't usually hear happening at the Met. So she choreographed this opera. Right. And she is, I'm telling you, man, this this woman is doing some serious work on the theater stage. And I'm telling you, you will not see anything more fierce, more crisp, more precise than this particular show. So you know, you know shout out to about them. this. I, this is so inspiring because like just the other night I finally got around to watching um, the great Japanese film that won the Oscar this year uh, Drive My Car which is about a production of Uncle Vanya where the cast is in Japanese and Mandarin and Korean and English and uh, sign language and you know it was only 10 years ago that Hamilton it was 10 years ago Hamilton came to Broadway right where people were so shocked wow. that you would see African Americans playing George Washington that you would see three women of three different races uh, a white woman, a black woman, and an Asian woman playing the Schuyler sisters. And now it almost seems quaint that we were so shocked by that. I'm hearing about this production of 1776 they're bringing back to Broadway that has yes. zero, zero white men in the entire cast. It's all non-white, and it's very frequently non-binary as well, right? Like There's, there's a little just... bit of everything, but it's, it's virtually all women. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if there's any non-binary energy that's, I mean, in terms of how they're describing themselves offstage, but right. This particular production, I mean, I I haven't heard anything. I do know somebody that's in the show, but they're like sworn to secrecy about what they can talk about. I know but, someone in it too, yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, is that they are, they are very, very, sh like they're going out of their way to really make an effort to revive the show in a way that it's never been done before, which is the way you like to see a revival done. Like bring me something that, that wasn't in the original that we can see and maybe it helps open the story up even more. And that's what they're doing with that one. But that's going to actually have um, a debut in Boston in May. And then it's going to come to Broadway late September, October is when they're going to be doing the show there. So it's going to be, that's going to be the hot ticket for next season which I'm looking forward to. And then tonight I saw 
How I Learned to Drive, the Paula Vogel play. Man, that is some. Oof. Yeah, now, <laughs> now let me just let me just Ooh, let, some heavy, let me just, heavy for those stuff, honey. for those who don't know for those who don't know how I learned to drive was a big hit ten twenty years ago twenty years ago um, yep. and and it, it's it's about uh, a man interfering with a young woman and then they interact later uh, of yep. course we've seen other plays like this we had Jeff Bridges on not Jeff Bridges was, Jeff Daniels was on our show yes. he, he was in Blackbird, Blackbird. Michelle Williams it was Ooh. an amazing play I actually saw. How I Learned to Drive, the West Coast production, which Molly Ringwald was in. But um, the, the new production you're talking about is the original cast. It's, it's Mary... the original cast with um, uh, Mary Louise David Parker. Morse and um, is it Mary Louise Parker. Yeah, Mary Louise Parker. And, yeah. And and uh, Johanna Day is in it as well, who was I'm not sure what her role was originally, but she's now in this cast as well. And, you know, they've got two new people that are in there as well. And it's like they're kind of filling in all of the other characters that are, are missing for the rest of the story. But I got to tell you, it's like whenever you, you know, when you have an uncle with like boundary issues, it just it just makes well, for such an awkward kind of conversation. But that's but what Paula it's about. Vogel, I mean, you know, she's a genius. So and this is actually her Pulitzer Prize winning play, too, if I'm not mistaken, that and this and this is, I think, the first time they're doing it on Broadway. Because when it was, it was out, it was done off Broadway, and then it's kind of become a regional play favorite that lots of people are doing everywhere. So, so it's interesting because twenty years ago, a play about sex abuse, a play about mm-hmm. a man interfering with a young woman, uh, it, 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 not as shocking as it was in the forties, but still had the power to really shock. And now we've mm-hmm. gone through a real revolution, which I think has been led by altar boys. To tell you the truth, former altar boys um, mm-hmm. who are now men who've come forward, and so many women who've come forward that have brought us from this culture of being sexual abuse victims to a culture of sexual abuse survivors. And I'm wondering, does the play still pack the same punch? Is it still as powerful now as it was back at the turn of the century? I I would say, by the way, Mary Stewart, Mary Louise Parker, she's now, I guess the age that David Morse was when they did this the first time. (laughs) Exactly. See, it's just like, you know, I don't know. I guess there is a total desensitivity, Desensitization, you know what I'm saying. We're not as sensitive as we were 20 years ago to a lot of things, right. you know. And I think that that's one of the weird things about the a revival that like this. Like I'm not sure how it it lands with other people because again, you know, we, you know, we've got those bills that are being passed in all these states now where you know you could be 12 and get married. So like, yeah, <laughs> you, Hello, know, you know what I mean. So like, yeah. I don't know how it ultimately kind of lands with the rest of the world, but it's still creepy as hell. It was creepy to me because it's it's like the the idea of the grooming that I thought was really kind of, it, it just yeah. was so gross, you know what I mean? And it's like, and the way that they storytell, it's, it's that back and forth in time thing that they're doing, you know, like you're driving the sh- a stick shift of a car and you're right. moving in that direction. And so they're playing with all of that. And I just, it's just, I was creeped out, you know, it's like, which I guess is the point. <laughs> but like I said, you know, th- these may not necessarily be the choices of the average theater goer that comes to New York to see a show, right. you know, they want to see the music band, they want right, to see Funny Girl, they want to see stuff like that that's comfort. Some Whereas do, but, but some people, some people do come, uh, let me, let me say it for tourists a little bit, because I was a kid on Long Island who would come into the city to see Sam Shepard plays, you know, when I was a teenager. I mean, yeah, some, but, people, some people do come, no, no, some people who like the arts come to, as tourists to New York to see the kind of theater <clears throat> that's not going to make it to the local community theater company. You know what I mean? Like, so you can always see Oklahoma if you live in Oklahoma. Some people have right. to come to New York to see that kind of drama. Well, but I mean, again, though, 
to me, I think that's a smaller number versus the general tourists that are coming. Because, you know, right now on Broadway, we have Mrs. Doubtfire. That's a name yes. that people come travel to see. We've yes. got MJ, the musical. So everybody's coming to see the Michael Jackson thing. There's still Tina. So there's there are people, even my sister who's coming in, in June, like she's already got MJ and Tina on her list of things to see. You know, whereas I think she would probably enjoy for colored girls, but that's not something that would be right on the top of her radar, right. just as a regular theater person. Whereas, like you said, the more astute theater person is going to come and see these particular productions and walk away with a whole lot of stuff. But for me, for colored girls is is the one that you're going to really see a lot of attention oh, being great. played to. I hope so. So, you know, good kudos on both, honey. But I'm, I'm excited because I'm going to get to see uh, A Strange Loop this week. Oh, my friends um, just saw that show today. And I might get to see Funny Girl next week, but I'll know nice. for sure by next Wednesday. So I if I get to see, see it, then we're going. I was supposed to see, see Funny Girl two weeks ago, and then I got the Rona. You got the COVID. Go. Uh, yeah. I wasn't able to go. Um, I, I just realized, guys, the common yes. thread here, how yes. this all relates back to me. Oh, because it is all about you, Chris. That's right. <laughs> how I Learned to Drive is at the Manhattan Theater Club. Right. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, uh-huh. where I, that's where I saw Blackbird. Oh, no way. I saw Blackbird, too. Wasn't it amazing? That was the first time Jeff Daniels did our show was for Blackbird. When I saw it, it was Jeff Daniels and Allison Pill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it on Broadway when Michelle Williams took over. Yeah. That show was creepy. That was another one. It was like, because I saw it with him and Michelle Williams. Yeah, that's what I saw. And I just was like, it it, it was one of those shows that the, the last scene of the show, it was wonderful to listen to everybody in the audience gasp. Because it was like, you know, there was that horrible scene, you know, where we finally find out who this guy's been talking about all through the show. And then the girl shows up and everybody in the room just was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, that's that's what you want a theatrical experience to collectively get all of these people in a room to see a story and go through that whole story journey and just be like, wow, just wow. I don't want to give the ending of that away either, because that was a very pivotal moment in that piece that you kind of sit through a lot of stuff that, that those two characters go through. And then this, that last scene happens and you just kind of go, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know, I, I actually think that solo. He kills on solo. Oh, stop ruining it. <laughs> I, I actually think it's very, very, it relates a lot to what's going on right now because grooming yeah. is a word that if you didn't know before, you know it now. And it's largely due to homophobes and transphobes in the Republican Party. The anti-transgender movement and and the anti-gay movement have always been fueled by these um, scary anecdotes about predators Mm -hmm. uh, in restrooms or adults pressuring children um, to do things. Although they're really... There, there's there's you you can't really groom a child to be transgender i'd like to point that out um you can't you cannot groom a child to be gay a child is either going to be gay or not it's like saying i'm going to groom a child to be straight it doesn't work you can't do it and right. i want to also remind people that more republican senators have been arrested in public restrooms mm-hmm. than transgender mm-hmm. women but yep. um and attacking though, people's children yes Just saying. yes so i mean there's no good reason for anyone, even if they pretend to be Christian, to hate transgender people who are just minding their own business. That's that's what bigotry is. But I, I find lately, really just the last month and a half, the word grooming has become so ubiquitous in the news and in political discourse about discussing LGBT issues in the public mm-hmm. schools. Now, Keith, you know, we've talked about this, this don't say gay law. 
in Florida, yes. which, um, which Ugh. you know, Ron DeSantis <laughs> is very mad, saying it, it's not don't say gay. Don't say don't say gay. Uh, and in fairness, it's not a don't say gay bill. It's a go ahead and say gay, and we will allow any bigoted Yahoo to sue the fuck out of you and your school district, mm-hmm. and the local taxpayers will foot the bill. But exactly. this bill, this law, rather, it, it explicitly forbids any mention of uh, gay people or trans people to uh, kindergarten through third grade. And, and the pretense of this is we're not bigoted. We're not bigoted. But what they're saying is if you acknowledge that gender transitioning is a thing, if you mm-hmm. acknowledge that there are same-sex couples, that's the same as pedophilia. That's the same as grooming. And, and Keith, my whole life as a straight boy, um, I can tell you that uh, millions and millions and millions of straight people have been groomed. Children are groomed to hate gay people my mm-hmm. whole life. Children are being groomed right now to despise trans people who have never bothered them. But grooming right. as a term is just always loaded with the notion of pedophilia and our conservative culture thinks that's just great yeah they 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 think that's great but they don't actually realize that it's again it goes back to my minister growing up at the mount moriah missionary baptist church and reverend gates used to say to us that when you point the finger at someone there's three fingers pointing back at you so as much as these people are spending their time trying to um point the finger at gay people and, and anti-trans people, what they're actually, and, you know, trying to create hate around that is that's them dealing with that issue on themselves. Like they, like you say, all, all folks want to do is I, I just want to go to brunch, you know, hold the hand of whoever <laughs> it is I'm dating or stupid or whatever's going on. And, you know, possibly I'm, you know, I'm all about Mykonos in the summertime. I'm just saying, you know, if, if it's going to be that way, but it, but the idea that, this whole destruction of their fiber of life, what they, they're calling their lives that we allegedly are doing to them, it, it isn't us, it's them. It's their, their anger and their hate that's fueling all this craziness within their particular space that's spilling out into us. And it's yes. like, you know, we are the catalyst for their crazy, but it's not us that's doing anything. Exactly, it's, exactly. You know? well, and I, but it, and it's, I don't know what to do with that, the, except for, I wanna, like, I, I mean, at this point now, we're at the place where we're going to have to just start taking some people's, you know, taking some toys away from people like just, you know, and I don't know how you got to get the toys out of the kids hands. If you got to beat them to take it out of it, then maybe that's perhaps what you may have to do. However, people like DeSantis and, and uh, Governor Abbott and that crazy broad and was it one of the Dakotas? I don't even know what that crazy broad. Christy no. Like, Christy no. like those people need to just be picked up and just put someplace else. Now, yeah. I don't know how we could do that, <laughs> it's like, but they have to go. Their, their energy is not going to move this country forward. And the more idiots that are supporting them for whatever reasons they're choosing to support them, you know, this is going to be on them. This is on them because gay people are going to still be here. Trans people are going to still be here. And what's going to happen is you're going to keep fucking with us. And then eventually we just going to haul off and start slapping motherfuckers uh-huh. because that's what's going to have to happen. It's like, I'm going to start carrying a bat around like the guy in, in uh, Walking Dead that's, you know, the steel bat that also has the barbed wire around the end of it, because that's what's going to have to happen. We're going to have to start to, because again, they're going to keep coming at us and keep coming to us until we have no choice but to respond. It's kind of well, like with, with yeah. black folks, you know, people have slowed their stuff down about black people and getting scared by black folks because black folks are fighting back. You know, black folks are arguing, black folks are setting shit on fire. And so all of a sudden now you want to have discourse and we want to have to try to find a way to find peace. It's like, well, that's because 
people started busting some heads and tearing up some buildings. And it's That's like right. eventually gay and trans people are going to be doing the same thing. You know, I, we I love start this conversation. I love this mm -hmm. conversation. Um, you know? Because, well, let, let's let's unpack it a little bit more, Keith, if you don't mind, because sure. <clears throat> the most common definition of grooming Let's really break this down because this is what this whole deeply uh, bigoted law in Florida is about, right? Um, and it is anti-gay. They say it's not anti-gay. They say it's anti-grooming. But the most common definition of grooming is when a, an adult tries to nurture a, uh, a friendly connection with a child in the hopes that eventually it'll go sexual. That's pedophilia. Now, this is why it's so evil when Ron DeSantis and the right-wing people are talking about the grooming law because pedophilia has nothing to do with lgbt identity exactly and in terms of the trans uh bigotry keith i, I could be wrong here but it's not possible to for an adult to uh, groom or pressure a child into gender conversion is it a grown-up no. can't talk a child into being trans you're either trans or you're gay or you're not the only time you've ever heard something like that happen is when some some child at birth has some sort of some sort of um, uh, like a, a one of the uh, organs or something that they yes. decided you know they have to decide then whether or not they're going to keep it or take it out and you wind up having kids that grow up like feeling that they're girls or feeling that they're boys and in actuality it's because they've made some sort of surgical decision that these kids had nothing to do with right. and that's that's what happens and so you know, you know it's not just that it's just but I mean. When people are in their bodies and they don't, and it's, that's the thing. As a gay guy, I don't understand what it means to be trans, what it means to have a gender dysmorphia. I know what my body dysmorphia is, but that's because I'm a big old chubbo. But I'm just saying in terms of, of not feeling like I'm supposed to be inside my own body, I have no idea what that feels like. But at yeah. the same time, I'm not judging it. And it's like, if it makes whoever it is happy to figure out what that is, and they, there's resources for them to figure it out, then God bless you, because now you can live your life and do what you need to do. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I'm so excited whenever Bob Seska joins us on Hump Day. He is the host of the Bob Seska Show, one of the finest podcasts you can listen to. You might be a fan of his columns at Salon or his appearances on Stephanie Miller. We are always thrilled to welcome Mr. Seska back to the Love the Fest. Fest Bob, Bob, happy 420. Happy 420, John. Let's hurry this up. I got some celebrating to do here. Oh, about, okay. Uh, 20 minutes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. You can start now if you need to. Um, <laughs> I never it, mix work and 420. I uh, try not to. Uh, for Willie Nelson, sometimes work is 420. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's so good to see you, uh, especially at a time when there are all these obituaries being written for the Democratic Party this year. Um, and in the midst of it all, suddenly we have a brand new superstar for this party, State Senator Mallory McMorrow, who we played a little bit of yesterday, who is one of the first Democratic politicians to really powerfully fight back against the ugliest, most weaseliest thing the GOP has done this year, the new argument that anyone who doesn't hate gay children is a groomer. What did you think of Mm -hmm. uh, the state senator's speech? That was incredible. I think if we get maybe two of these, one or two of these a week between now and November, we could actually dominate the midterm. We could actually change history a little bit here. And uh, because it, it's not just the content of what she was saying in this, oh, my God, barn burner of a, a speech, but it was also the way she said it. It was her delivery. It was the writing in the speech. It was exactly what more democrats need to do and that's evidenced by the fact that at last check i think it had nine or ten million views something like that so we get more of that i mean that was my first reaction i said oh my god this is exactly what we should be doing and in fact i was so enthused by it that i uh i contacted rachel bittacopper who's been on your show and uh and i had her back on my show again and we talked about this speech and then from there what the democrats can do uh, to better their odds in the midterms. So right now, uh, Dr. Bittekoffer is very, uh, well, let's say not very hopeful in terms yeah. of uh, uh, what the outcome could be, although she is shooting for the Democrats with 51 seats in the Senate and 218 seats in the House. That's her goal. Now, getting back to uh, uh, State Senator uh, McMorrow, um, the only thing, the only thing, and this is, I would say this is more of a nitpick on my behalf, John, But the only thing I would have to say about that speech is it was still running after the Republicans. Remember, I talked about last week about where the the, we seem to be the people who chase after the elephants in the parade and scoop up their poop. We need to be leading the parade. Yeah. And in this speech, she was actually responding to the Republican message instead of seizing the initiative and relating a Democratic message. And but that I mean, we can still do that. That can still happen. It doesn't need to be this speech didn't need to be everything. It was a great template for how Democrats should be speaking to the public. It doesn't require the traditional press. It doesn't require Chuck Todd on Meet the Press to talk about it in order for it to resonate. It resonated naturally because I think Democrats, voters especially, and I'll speak for social media, craving uh, this kind of forcefulness, this kind of strength at a pulpit. And I think that's what needs to happen a lot And if I may, this kind of morality, you know, I've got a soft spot in my heart for anybody who actually talks about what Christianity really means and calls out the Pharisees and hypocrites, and she did it in ways that I, you know, I get very frustrated because the Democrats have ceded Christianity and faith to the Republican Party the same way they Mm -hmm. have ceded patriotism and the flag to the Republican Party. And as we've discussed, this Republican Party does not fight for a single thing that Jesus taught, and yet the Democrats are so afraid of being called anti-religion, they won't call out this blasphemous bullshit. She did it beautifully by talking about, you know, the hypocrisy of how, yeah, her mother wasn't always there in church showing off in a certain pew because they were actually doing the work of the Lord, working at soup kitchens on Sunday. And to me, 
that's what Christianity is about, not being seen in yes. church, but a prayer of action, being of service to others. That's how I was raised uh, in my Catholic household. It was less about the worship part of religion, and it was more about doing good deeds. It was about yeah. feeding the homeless and yeah. uh, doing all the things you want to do, carrying the values that you learn on Sunday in church, or in my case, in Catholic school on Fridays in church as well. Uh, carrying those values with you and applying them to real life. And so, that, I mean, that's a, extraordinarily virtuous. But you also mentioned patriotism a second ago. Yes. And I also wanted to mention, too, that Dr. Bittekoffer on my show today was saying, yeah, the Democrats need to play the patriotism card against the Republicans. Hardcore. Because, after all, there's lots of evidence showing that they utterly lack patriot. I mean, they're unpatriotic. As a party, I mean, combine not only their support for Vladimir Putin, but, you know, invading and occupying the Capitol. I did a whole list a couple of weeks ago of being reasons why vaccines. this Republican Party is being against vaccines and masks. They don't give a rat's yeah. They're not pro-life. They don't no. care about protecting Americans. They, they, they don't want to have vaccines and masks to protect American life, but they're fine with a $700 billion military budget to protect American yeah. life. I mean, they've right. been suckered, and I don't think Democrats can necessarily wake people up out of the matrix, Mr. Seska. I don't no. think they're going to bring anybody into the light, but they sure can sway the bystanders. And they've got to remind people that when you stay home this November, it's okay. There's a racist who will vote in your place. And right mm -hmm. now, the racists and the fascists and the corporate con men are praying the good people, the smart people, the folks who can spell your correctly, are too busy to show up and vote. <laughs> Yeah, and now it's a matter, really, of some of the third-party groups. I mean, not third-party, third-party, but, I mean, in some of the activist groups under the Democratic umbrella, the Democratic Party itself, the candidates, the campaigns. It's time to energize voters, and I think a lot of candidates uh, took a good look at Senator McMorrow yesterday and said, yeah, that, we need to be doing more of that. I heard from quite a few candidates and also sitting members of state legislatures like, yes, we need to, where's the line? Where do I sign up? Where, where's the clipboard? <laughs> you know, I said, go, go and do it. What's stopping you? You've got nothing to lose. You've got plenty of time on the floor of whatever your legislature is, uh, whatever your chamber is, go and use that time and just make sure it gets out into the world via social media. And that's really uh, a major, major component of, of raising the energy level. And without it, we are going to lose uh, dozens of seats in, uh, in the House. We're going to lose our majority in the Senate. And bear in mind, John, that if we lose Congress in this coming up election, the Republicans will control Congress for the 2024 election and Indeed. into 2025. Oh, yeah. So that means if there is a contested presidential election, just like last time, and Donald Trump tries to stage a coup or whatever one of his copycats try to do in the face of that election, there will be no Democratic Congress to backstop democracy. If That's we right. do not turn out in this election and we do not preserve our majorities, not just in Congress, but in state legislatures. Well, not to be a cynic, but let me just give two points <laughs> of mine that are very unpopular opinions. Number one, uh, the people that own the Republicans already yeah. own the Congress because they found mm -hmm. two Democratic senators they could buy off to reject an agenda that was supported by the highest turnout of Americans in the history of our democracy. I mean, yeah, yeah. they did it. Mitch McConnell was openly urging Republican donors to give money 
to Mansion and Cinema last year. So that that's done. But my <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> welcome huh, to the COVID world. My even less popular opinion is this: um, as bad as it would be to see the Republican Party take over the House, there's a part of me that is really ready to watch Kevin McCarthy become the most ineffective and the most despised Speaker of the House in history. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy yeah. would make John Boehner look like Obi-Wan Kenobi in that job. Mm-hmm. Kevin McCarthy would not be able to control his own caucus. Kevin McCarthy would be having Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Matt Gaetzes run roughshod over him and humiliate him. And it would be the best fundraising tool Democrats would get. It might be one of the best turn-out-the-votes uh, tools Democrats would get because they'd go from a Democratic majority that can't get anything done to a Republican majority that refuses to do anything or to even mm-hmm. try to do anything. Their agenda yep. is make the rich richer, do whatever Donald Trump wants, and churn out slogans and outrage. Yep, absolutely. And uh, right now, the numbers look really good for Kevin McCarthy becoming the next Speaker of the House. And I'll tell you why. There are about 25 toss-up races on the House side. Only eight of the toss-up races are Republican seats. So the vast majority of the toss-ups are on the Republic, on the Democratic side. And that's uh, a lot more effort that the Democrats have to put in to protect those seats as opposed to just eight on the Republican side. So suffice to say, it's pretty tight. There are five toss ups on the Senate side, by the way, and only one of those toss ups is a Republican, and that's Ron Johnson. All the rest, including uh, Kelly in Arizona and uh, and several others that slip my mind right now. But suffice to say, five toss ups on the Senate side. And only one is Republican. That gives you a good impression in terms of where we are and the catching up that we have to do, in spite of the fact that overall this cycle, the Republicans have to defend more seats in the Senate than the Democrats do. Yet they're once again uh, coming out on top. It was the same thing with 2020. They had to defend uh, way more seats than we did. And yet it ended up 50 50 in the Senate. So it's all about energy. It's all about well, building it's all the about energy. Turnout and, too. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. it's not about Joe Biden. It's not about the Democrats. It's about the American people. And if mm-hmm. everyone who showed up to vote for Joe Biden showed up again this November, if they could find time yeah. two years later to do the same thing again, we wouldn't be writing these obituaries now. 